Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight we are back to the beyond. We will be talking about the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And of course, as always, when we're talking about TV, we have to have a guest. Don't worry, we're not having seven people on this podcast. (laughs) We only need one guest when that guest is Gary Mitchell. Hello, Gary, and welcome. I'll try to bring as much energy as seven people. I certainly have the girth for it. <laughs> My name is Beth Van Dusen. And of course, as always, we also have Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Schonk. Over to you first, Chad. Your reminder that this is a book club, a TV club, and not a review show. We're going to spoil this entire series. What are you doing here if you haven't watched the entirety of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I don't even know why you're here. In addition to that, we may spoil anything else Star Wars just over the course of our conversation. So you have been warned. Ryan, hit it. All right. Well, obviously, the big news this cycle is all about Obi-Wan and the finale, but we're going to spend a whole episode talking about that. So we don't need to get into any of that. Just some quick news bites this week. Uh, John Williams, you know, has announced that Indy 5 will be his last movie. Had some funny quotes, basically, being like, well, if Harrison Ford's retiring, so am I. So I'm glad we got, you know, the last Obi-Wan. He got to do a little score for that at the end. But it's time, and he's deserved, I think, his retirement. What a slacker. For real. For real. Other movie news, I think surprising no one, Tariwaktiti has announced they will not be shooting his movie this year. So all <laughs> that talk about that movie coming out next December has now evaporated. Um, I guess he's still writing and doesn't have the story. And he's, uh, what's the show he's doing right now? Uh, oh, Our Flag Means Death. Yes. So he said while well, they're working on that, he's. It's really good. Writing. Is that, I need to watch yeah. it. What's it on? I don't even know. It's uh, HBO Max. Oh, good. I have that. I already got my ticket for Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. I definitely have that. Yeah. <laughs> Morrison's announced he is doing some voices on an upcoming video game. Uh, didn't specify which character he would be doing, whether it was clones or Fed or whoever. But he's doing that right now. So it could be either the new EA game or... The who was the other response doing the other one? So I don't think he's he hasn't said which, but he's going to be in a game. Other Disney Plus news: there is a strong fake hollow rumor going around that one of the next shows they are going to do is a Cal Kestis show, and that Cameron Monaghan is in talks to star in it. <sighs> sure, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see it. Don't get me wrong, but I mean. Whatever, what's the next one called again? Um, Jedi Survivor. Survivor's a ways out. And yeah. so, I don't know. Maybe it's going to tell his adventures in between? Yeah. Maybe they'll fill it in. I don't know. They'll de-age him to do his Padawan years. <laughs> yeah. Just a kid on the junk planet. <laughs> also over on Disney Plus, they released the trailer for Lego Star Wars Summertime Vacation. It's pretty awesome. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, go watch it. It's going to come out in August. It 
looks like it continues kind of that same format that the Christmas one did where they're on the Millennium Falcon and then they kind of break into different stories. It looks good. I think one of the most exciting parts is Weird Al will have a original song that you can hear in the trailer called Scarif Beach Party. And it's <laughs> it's pretty funny. And our last bit of news that we'll be talking about more soon, but Shadow of the Sith has been released. And I have not finished it yet, but boy, is it good. And it fills in a whole lot of stuff. I would highly recommend reading it soon before things really get spoiled about what goes on in this book. There's some pretty big things. Uh, I'd also recommend if you have not read the current Vader comic up until this point to read that because it really like, fills in some of the characters and some of the artifacts that are in the book it makes it better. Yeah, Shadow of the Sith is it's a big book, but it's good. So that's all we got on the news this week. Chad, do we have comics this week? We have comics. Bounty Hummer, Bounty Hummers. Ew. It's a whole different book. It's a, I think we used to rent that at movie time. Bounty Hummer. I just did it again. Bounty Hunters <laughs> number 24. Bounty Hunters number 24 by Saxon Villanelli. Uh, Dengar continues to annoy the rest of the crew. Valance makes an appearance in the book that used to be his. Uh, and the Knights of Ren show up because those guys are everywhere these days. Uh, Darth Vader number 24 by Pac and Catiello. Sorry, that's a new artist. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Sabe keeps trying to get Vader to do what she wants, and it seems to be working, but I can't imagine this ends well for her at all. Uh, Ochi's still hanging around, and it's got some cool moments, but I'm not blown away by the storyline thus far. So I have something to admit. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading the last issue of Vader, and I caught myself during a scene thinking, huh, where's Valance? And I was like, oh, oh my no. God. Oh. Monster. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's awful. How, how, how things have changed. Dr. Afra number 21 by Wong and Jung. Afra is possessed by something called the spark eternal, which isn't to be confused with the all spark. That's from the shitty transformers movies. Uh, we check back in with the togs. And a certain silver-haired ex-imperial finds her way back into the story. Ooh. Poor woman. She should have stayed away when she had the chance. That's exciting. Obi-Wan number two by Cantwell and Ross. Uh, ben Kenobi, old and in the desert, reflects back on an adventure with his former master where they help out some miners and run into a feral devil, which is pretty cool. We haven't seen a devil, I think, in canon uh, thus far. So, you know, this is the, the shadow guys that uh, introduced in uh, Heir to the Empire, I think. Mm -hmm. Han Solo and Chewbacca number three by Guggenheim and Messina. The heist continues. Han double crosses Greedo, but I'm sure they'll squash that beef nonviolently at some point in the future. Uh, and next month, it does look like we're going to get the Wookiee battle of the century. Lumpy versus Itchy. Who will win? <laughs> <laughs> Always bet on Itchy. I mean, do you think they have like an anti-life day to go along with life day? Death day. Like, yeah, like death halfway day. through. Wookiee death day. <laughs> yep. And then finally, Crimson Rain number five by Sewell and Cummings. The miniseries comes to an end as Kira's plan transitions from stage one to stage two. I'm not going to give anything away about it. It's a finale. I want people to read it, but it will definitely leave you excited for the follow up, The Hidden Empire. And The Hidden Empire, it's been announced, will also be drawn, written by Charles Sewell and drawn by Stephen Cummings. So uh, the same team will be doing uh, the follow up series. And it is, I will say this, Crimson Rain is definitely a second act. 
Yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot of resolution at the end of it. It's just setting you up for the next act. But it, it was a good issue. It just, the story's still going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it for comics. It was actually a pretty good couple of weeks. Right. Well, we've all watched at least once the new Obi-Wan series, and we're not going to delve too deeply, I hope, into the ridiculous, toxic controversy surrounding the show. We just like Star Wars, so we're just going to talk about Star Wars and my canonical boyfriend, Obi-Wan. My descriptions or synopses of the shows are much, much shorter than even Wikipedia or Wikipedia's synopses of the shows because we want to talk about the shows, not listen to me give you the story. Episode 1. Obi-Wan, now just Ben, is a sad man cut off from the Force and working in the Sand Monster packing plant on Tatooine. Another Jedi just happens to wander onto the planet, drawing the attention of the Inquisitors, and Ben's biggest concern is not drawing attention to his and Luke's hiding place. It takes not just baby Leia being kidnapped, but also a personal appeal from Bail Organa and the death of the Jedi he failed to help at the hands of the Inquisitors to spur him into action. So first, people were a little bummed about Obi-Wan being a sad old bastard cut off from the force. Gary, what do you think? I think it made perfect sense. Uh, This is a guy who spent 10 years not using the force, who 10 years ago had left his best friend, his brother, the chosen one, you know, burning on the, uh, the lava side. And so he's been a very sad panda for 10 years. If I had to eat, raw meat that wasn't refrigerated to sustain myself, I'd be pretty sad too. That's probably why he <laughs> smells so bad. Did anybody else keep expecting his stealing a piece of meat for his his beast yeah. to become a plot point at some point? Yeah, just trying to feed his EOP. But still, he's stealing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I kept thinking like, yeah, it's like, no. and he's not even being very subtle about it either. It's just like, oh, the bell's wrong. Let me Cut off a slice. <laughs> He's not the only one that's doing it either, though. It's a perk of the job. You gotta eat burning hot, sand-baked monster meat. Blech. It's it's okay that you st- take a, skim a little off the top. Yeah, but I just kept it, like expecting someone to yell at him about it. Yeah, This is an Obi-Wan we've never seen before. It wasn't the Obi-Wan I was expecting to see, at least as the show starts. But it, Gary's right, it makes sense. It's a little more pitiful than I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. A little, little sadder. Not in. I guess in my head, he was. Uh, he spent twenty years in yeah. the desert being dignified, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is showing that that is not the case. Um, he he becomes. He's depressed. Yeah, he's, he's flat full on PTSD here. It's not what I was expecting, but it works and it makes sense. I mean, we've talked many times before about the books that you know he's the most failingest failure that ever failed and he feels it and he knows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he is, you know, still as powerful as he was at the end of 
Sith, where's his character arc? He, he has a friend, a Jawa named Tika, that comes to visit him mm-hmm. and sell him stuff. And, you know, they, there's that whole like storyline with the, the, the T-16 Skyhopper model. Yeah. That he buys for Luke that Luke we see Luke playing with in A New Hope. But um, the Jawa t- talks about how bad Ben stinks. Because he eats raw <laughs> hot meat. He smells like pooping. Probably. All I'm saying is if a Jawa is calling you out for your hygiene, <laughs> that's got to be rough, yeah. man. Because Jawas, I don't imagine the Jawas smell good. Never. No. There's no well, way. Well, as we learned from Boba Fett, they're hairy little monsters. Yeah, all the fur under there. I just can't imagine that they smell good. So I did like, and they do this throughout the season, but how they portrayed Owen, I really enjoy. Mm. Like, he's hard, but... Yeah, no, damn if he doesn't make some points. He burns like, Obi-Wan so yeah. bad, and it's and you can't even be mad at him about it. He's like, yeah, he, he's got a good point. We don't need anything from you, Ben. It's just a toy. It's a lot more than that. There's more to life than your farm, Owen. He needs to see that. There's a whole galaxy out there. I'm asking you to leave us alone, Ben. I mean it. Is he okay? You don't care if he's okay. You care if he's showing. It's my responsibility, Owen. Well, I'm his uncle. We talked about this. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? He burnt Obi-Wan so bad it became a meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they do a good job, too, is like angry as Obi-Wan. You know, having him not turn on him when Reva threatens yeah. him and all that stuff. Like, that was yeah. a good moment. That was nicely done. He's still a, he's still a good man. Yeah. They, I think they wanted he's to accentuate the fact that Owen's a good guy. You know, when we meet him, yeah, he's not, he's not a bad person. And and he's still like, I think he also still knows he, he still does need Obi-Wan around mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit, you know, he, I mean, he doesn't want to turn him over because he's not friends with the empire either, but he, he also knows that like, well, we still need him around watching out for us. Kind of just in case, yeah. just do it over there. <laughs> Stay up under yeah, hill. Just, yeah. Let's talk about Reva. I think Reva hits a little better on the second watching, at least in the first few episodes, because in the first few episodes, she comes off as very strangely angry and hostile, and you don't know where it's coming from until you've seen it the whole way through. Mm -hmm. There is a Jedi hiding on this planet. We need to know where he is. You will be rewarded well. Or you'll be punished. Reva! Hands go first. That way, when you reach for anything, you think of us. This is the Outer Rim. You have no rights here. We're not under the Empire. So I think it was just... She definitely plays better the second time. Yeah, I think it was a lot of the the writing choices that were made for her and direction choices that were made for her. It it just, she just comes off as, the character just doesn't hit quite right until you know her full story. Once you know her full story, watching it a second time, I was like, oh, I understand where this character is coming from now. And did the flashback to the temple, was that in the first episode or the second episode? The first. It's the very first scene seeing that again and seeing it's like i think it was like in i forget which episode was where i tweaked to okay she's got to be one of those younglings yeah yeah no uh, i mean it, it had to be related somehow i saw people post there as like there was one with dark skin 
Mm-hmm. There was one one girl with dark skin amongst those younglings, and everyone was like, "Well, that must be Riva." Yeah. Um, we had talked about it. I thought in those first two episodes, and I agree with Beth on the second and third viewings, she was a lot better. And, and as the show goes on, I got to like her more and more and more. Mm. Um, but in those first two episodes, she felt like she was trying too hard, and I thought that was the actor trying too hard. And it turns out, no, it's the character trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had initially like a, not a negative reaction to Reva, but I was a little lukewarm on her at first. I'll admit that. Yeah, but, I was too. But I think she, you know, as we as we go through the series, I think we'll we'll understand that we'll we'll come to the conclusion that she earns it. So, what did you guys think of the Inquisitor? I saw so many people complaining that he didn't have an egghead, and I'm like, get over it. <laughs> people from Utapal can't all look the same. Yeah, but I wish they had changed the design. Like, I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. And, you know, and they're right. Like, the characters on Clone Wars Rebels do look different. They're, you know, there's always a translation thing. But we've seen how cool, like, Teon looks in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And that's practical effects. Like, they could have done it. I, I think it's a weird choice that they didn't do it when they've already done it before. It doesn't bother me, but I do wonder why. Yeah. 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 And they had to have known that was going to cause a, you know, thing. At the end of the day, I don't care. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, but I agree with Ryan. It's a weird choice. It certainly wasn't money because this, just from the opening minute, you can see how much money Disney put into this. You can, but there's some times where you can see how much money they saved. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about those. And its majority was shot on the in the volume, mm-hmm. yeah. so they used a lot for that. But there are a lot of shots, especially in this first episode, that are just like gorgeous, like Alderaan. You mean Rivendell? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. What was I say? Oh, staying on Obi Wan in that little area. One thing that kind of threw me off, like I get kind of the place Obi Wan's in and all that, but the way he treats Nari, that felt off. Like, I don't care how sad he is and all that stuff. I just don't see Obi-Wan completely throwing a Jedi out, you know, to dry. No matter who he's protecting. Please. You have no idea what I've been through. You must leave. You'll draw too much attention. But I have nowhere to go. They're hunting me. You have to help me. You want my help? Take this. Walk into the middle of the desert and bury it in the ground. Stay hidden. Live a normal life. What about the people that need us? What about the fight? The fight is done. We lost. Played by uh, Uncut Gems director Benny Safdie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the the him saying I can't help you but all go away did seem a little I harsh. I think it's meant to just show how how far he's fallen. Yeah. You know, how in the tank he is cuz his his what what were what were their we talked about this before what were their final directions? His, his final instructions. Go hide. Yeah. Keep your head down, you know? And and that's what he's been doing and he's he's the one that gave that order and he's following it probably better than anyone. And he's like, hey, get the hell off my planet, bro. I'm hiding here. And the Inquisitor <laughs> says, and I think it's really interesting, the Inquisitor says at the very beginning of the episode that... You hunt Jedi. In actuality, I would say 
the Jedi hunt themselves. Do you know the key to hunting Jedi, friend? It is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. They can't help but help help, help people, mm -hmm. and so they they expose themselves. And Obi Wan knows that and is not exposing himself, which is a new thing for you and McGregor. And so I think it does come as cold. It does come across as cold, and it ends up getting the guy killed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think it's supposed to be. That's kind of his belt. That's kind of his darkest moment. I think in the in the season. Is, mm -hmm. is is the fact that he let this Jedi kind of dangle and he ended up dangling. Well, that's that's yeah. the last straw that spurs him into finally doing something because even Bale coming to Tatooine to say, please go save Leia. And he's like, mm, nah. I'm I'm a little iffy on Bale just showing up in his cave. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> you just know I where have... his cave is? I also question his security system. Like his security system just tells him if somebody's in the cave. Like, you might want to upgrade that thing. Yeah, and I have thoughts on Bale because I love seeing Jimmy Smith. I love the character. There are moments with him that are great. But there's the this whole, uh, let me go and show up to the one guy that we don't want to draw attention to. I'm a senator for Alderaan. No one will notice. Well, and, and he's... Then the message later on, which we'll get to. Ugh. I mean, he does yeah. not have the best concept of security. Well, he's so he's so worried about drawing too much attention to Leia. He doesn't want to tell anybody that she's kidnapped. You're worried about drawing attention to the princess that you're trying to make the youngest senator ever. She's mm. going to get some attention, bro. Maybe plan for that. Well, let, let, now while we're at it, let's talk about baby Leia. <laughs> Thank your droids. It's good manners. You don't need manners when you're talking to a lower life form. Then I guess I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. You know the difference between you and me, cousin? I know things. You know, my father says they never let you leave this planet. They don't want anybody to know about you because you're not one of us. You're not even a real Organa. You're scared of him. Your father. You want him to like you so you repeat what he says, even though you don't really know what it means. Oh, she was so good. I, I just love that she's out there making insightful observations about all the people around her, and Luke is sitting on top of his house pretending it's a spaceship going, pew, pew. Yes. <laughs> they are both yep. living out their futures. <laughs> yep, they are. I, and I swear, I saw people complaining about her, especially in the second episode. But I'm like, no, this is the same lady who, in the very first time we meet her, walks up to Vader and is just like in his face. How do you be so bold? Like, yeah, this lady, she, this girl's not going to be intimidated by anyone ever. Certainly not by Flea. No. No. <laughs> I, I I thought Flea was I thought Flea was good. I thought he, he did was. a good job. That's why I wasn't mad when he she outran him, and I believed it. <laughs> That didn't bother me at all. He is an old, drugged out man. He is on glitters, <laughs> glitters to him. Yeah, he's the and only maybe the only cast member who's actually yeah. taken spice. <laughs> oh, and spice is confirmed as a drug now. <laughs> glitter stem is canon now. Yeah, yeah. I really like seeing Bria too. It was nice mm. to finally. Get they got Bria. lucky with both. Um, I mean, Joel Edgerton ended up becoming a bigger actor. 
who plays who played Owen, but he wasn't really a big name at the time. The woman who plays Baru, the woman who plays Brea, they were cast to just look like that because they don't talk. I mean, I guess Baru talks a little bit in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, well, but... and Bonnie, I can never say her last name right. P.S. P.S. P.S.C. Yeah. or whatever, yeah. I mean, in the time between Revenge of the Sith and this, she's been through a lot in real life. So, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, she got sucked into that sex cult thing that the... Um, the girl from Smallville? Yeah. Yeah, she got wrapped up in all that. She's one of the main ones who uh, busted them. There's an excellent oh, wow. documentary that she's like one of the stars of. Oh, wow. Or that is about her and helping people escape and all that stuff. Well, I think they got lucky because I think she did a good job. The, the woman playing Brea was hired to be in one shot in the movie. Mm-hmm. And she actually did a, does a very good job in this. I liked little Leia. I thought I was at first skeptical about the idea <laughs> that we were going to have precocious little Leia running around. But she won me over mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice contrast to her her mom who was always having to dress up in ceremonial outfits and everything that mm-hmm. we saw of her complete rejection of all that stuff. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, because Le- Leia's more of a, as we talked about, she's more of a down in the mud <laughs> type of fighter. And, and, and would it makes sense that she'd feel more at home running through the woods than it would be at some fancy party. It's in line with the Leia book. Really good. And, and it's also in line with her mother using decoys. <laughs> We meet the Inquisitor, Grand General, Grand Inquisitor, third sister, fifth brother, third brother, or second brother. What's yeah. his name? It's just the fifth brother. Yeah, I think. But uh, yeah, I think I think a good first episode. Although I have a hard time keeping the first two episodes separate because yeah. they debuted on the same same day. Agreed. Yeah, I have to say, I think it was a good idea for them to drop both episodes at the same time, because if we had just started with just the first episode, I think it would have fed a, I think you really needed that second episode to set the hook. It also gives you a, more of a sense of what the show is going to be. Speaking of the second episode, Obi-Wan travels to space Hong Kong and gets Zass beat looking for Leia. And we finally get to find out what Spice does. Hooray for drugs. Before they can escape, Reva sicks all the lowlifes on the planet on them, but Obi-Wan gets his groove back and reconnects to the Force to get them out of trouble. Despite that, they only get off the planet because Reva is killing the Grand Inquisitor and taking all the attention off of them for just long enough for them to get off planet. I am sorry, Schweck, that uh, Kumail did not play Kitster. But did you like the character he did play? I think that's another one where the first time you see him is very... The first watch through is very different than when you watch it through the second time. And you know his whole kind of story and where he ends up. I mean, you know, being a, a Jedi huckster... (laughs) <laughs> that that's a pretty legit thing I imagine happens. Uh, I like Haja. Yeah. I, I like Haja great. a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, Kumail's a really good choice for it. Yeah. This is a Jedi mind trick. Do not be alarmed. I am inside your mind. You're inside the mind. I'm sending a mother and son to your gate. You will let them through when they arrive. I'll let them through when they arrive. They are to be given safe passage to Corellia. They'll be given safe passage to Corellia. I'm not leaving your mind. 
Yeah, well, he's another strong entry into the rogues gallery of scoundrels that fills Star Wars. He's the perfect choice for this role. He manages to imbue it with the right um, level of shadiness and humor. At the same time, he's very funny with it when he's when when the when uh, Corn Horn and his mom are are uh, getting uh, are trying to get passage through him or whatever, and he, he they slide in the money. He's like, oh, and he, he just he try he plays so humble, but you can tell he's <laughs> totally just jonesing for the cash mm-hmm. when they hand it to him. But he plays it so humble, and his his use of the magnets to like yes move things around <laughs> and and everything to make it look like he's using the force. I thought all that stuff was funny. Is Cornhorn going to be on Rogue Squadron then? He is officially back in canon. And I was going to ask, those two, the, 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 the mom and kid who run away, are they anybody in particular that people should know, or are they just, you know? The kid is. Yeah, so the kid is. The kid is Cornhorn, who is the main character, the lead, right? Yeah. The, yeah. The lead character of the Rogue Squadron books. Okay. Who, who eventually becomes a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense that he's a force sensitive child. And that is his and his mom. That is his mom's name. Oh, OK. It's not so like because his mom's name is established in the books and they established the mom's name is the same. So, yeah, he's definitely Cornhorn, yeah. who is uh, become became a major character in the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an Easter egg or setting something else up, we have no idea. Uh, odds are it's just an Easter egg. But Stackpole was very excited on Twitter. That was he? Cornhorn was back. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's a very cool appearance. Does um, anybody else just have this image in their head of Filoni sitting in an office somewhere going, and I'll take this out of old AU and I'll take this out of EU? <laughs> yes, and it makes me happy. What does Zahn call it? Um, I think he calls it like Filoni's basement, and Filoni has all his stuff, and you have to get permission to use it. It's worth pointing out, though, that Dave's name is not on this at all. No. Yeah. It's not I'm saying D- Dave's name is not it's not he's not an executive producer. He's not anything. Yeah, I, I, I know things go through him, but Dave's name is not on this thing at all. So this episode also got us the you think the less you say, the less you give away. But really, it's the opposite. How old are you? Ten. You don't sound like you're ten. Thank you. You know what, everyone? She's ten. You know, she's ten. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't ask her how old she is. You've been watching Luke for 10 years straight. You know exactly how old she is. Um, We did get to see Ewan McGregor's real daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Showed up as a drug dealer, as a drug dealing teenager with a line about daughters. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a very, very knowing exchange, if you know who she is. You want some spice, old man? I got a Kessel Pure Glitter Stem and Felution. What do you need? About some information. I'm looking for my daughter. She was taken, and she's on this planet. Well, if she's here, you're never gonna see her again. Nobody leaves this place. I was someone's daughter once, too. Um, yeah, we get to see him. It's interesting to see Obi-Wan out in the world again after 10 years. And, like, I mean, listen, it, it still has the Star Wars problem of, oh, she's on Dio. Okay, she's on Dio, the planet of Dio. All right, that's a whole planet. And he happens to let la- he happens to land in like the same city block mm-hmm. that she's being held in. Like it's the force, man. Y- yeah, yeah, it's it's still just a little little bit sketchy there um, as far as how people find each other. But they have the same problem on the Mandalorian and the same problem oh, yeah. everywhere else. I but, liked uh, how we got fake Forlom too. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's not Forlom, but 
it's close enough. Well, we should talk about the whole the whole idea is that Reva has kidnapped Leia to draw Obi-Wan out. Not because she knows Leia's Vader's kid, but because she thinks that Bail Organa will reach out to Obi-Wan. A stretch? Yeah, very much. One of the problems I have with the show in general, not problems, but one of the things, is like, okay, if you know Bail and Obi-Wan are this tight, Sheev is not letting him hang around in the Senate. Like, I don't care what kind of, he's still pretending the Senate's around and all that stuff. Like, Vader or Sheev are knocking him out. I think the Senate still has power, though. Yeah. The Senate still has power at this point. Like they, they even say, like the Inquisitor even says at one point, you kidnapped a senator's kid. Right? Like like the Senate is still a it still has power in, in some way. She isn't like they're still I, I agree with you that that um that connection, the fact that Bale knows how to get a hold of Obi-Wan should put the hammer they sh- yes, they would put the hammer down on Bale. But there's a couple of decisions. They like that they would have arranged an accident. To happen to bail a long time ago. Well, I could also though see Sheev going. Well, I know he's in with the rebellion. He, I, he's one of the people I do know for sure. So if I keep him around and keep an eye on him, well, and there's no rebellion yet. Yeah, that's true. Not really. You know, not. This not is really still the dinner ever. party stage. D- dinner parties were with hushed, hushed complaints about the empire. Yeah, um, I think the setup's a little bit of a stretch, personally. Well, in this show, one thing I they telegraph a lot on this episode. Like you know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. You know he's gonna use the force to catch her when she's running on the top of those buildings. It doesn't take yeah. away from it. Like you know it's gonna no. come. It's still awesome when it does. But there's a lot of stuff in this show. You're like, Yep, <laughs> like that T sixteen. We know how that's yep. gonna end. But it's still good. They did a good job though of her her testing him when you know, after he's rescued her. Yeah. And but she still does. She still can't. I mean, she just she's just been kidnapped. She's not going to trust him entirely. Yeah. I love the fact that she doesn't immediately just run. OK, you're 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 the good guy. She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, Leah has never been dumb. I also think Obi-Wan needs to take some lessons from Kanan about not just wearing your lightsaber hanging down up mm. front. Like there's like right. several scenes, especially in the first one, he's like looking at the ship and the wind's blowing You're like, Oh yeah, there's your lightsaber, buddy. <laughs> hey, put that thing away. Well, you know, it's you and exposing himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like, they got the grand inquisitor out of the way for a little while. Cause that was going to be a question. I think we're going to, yeah. we're going to talk yeah. about, okay. um, I was about to lightsaber say, wounds. Yeah, series. I was about to say this is one of my big points. Apparently, unless your name is Qui Gon Jinn, lightsabers exactly. won't kill you. Everybody in this survives the wound that killed Qui Gon Jinn. Yes, it's, even a little girl. Even we a little know Qui Gon though, or in uh, Clone Wars, if you hate things enough, lightsabers won't kill you. You be cut in well, half. Well, and they kind of they kind of imply that. We'll get to it. Yeah, to, we'll get they kind of imply that at the end of the series that you know hatred keeps you alive and i get that but still it's 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 a little little but just like but uh 
I do wish really... I hadn't known that the Inquisitor survive, you know, shows up in Rebels, because that would have been a great <gasps> moment. But it was like, yeah, he's not dead. He shows up later. Well, we were joking that in the end, just another Powen was going to come out with like the correct mm. head and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the new Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm his properly formed brother. Yeah, he was he was a mutant. It's like in Beer Fest when other landfill shows up and they're like, and could you also call me landfill? And we'll pretend this never happened. <laughs> I, I thought the the look of this episode was really cool. Beth called it Space Hong Kong, and that's it's kind of correct. It had a very Blade Runnery feel to it mm-hmm. um, in, in the world of Dayu. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that I and then, of course, at the end, you know, I, I was just like our problems with Reva to begin with had part of this when she tells Obi-Wan that she knows. I'm just going to take you to Lord Vader will be pleased. You didn't know. He's alive, Obi-Wan. Anakin Skywalker is alive. Really bothered me. Mm-hmm. The first time, like I messaged Ryan almost immediately and I was like, I really How don't like she... the fact that she knows who Vader is. How does she know that? Yeah, nobody knows. And we're going to learn that it makes sense. Yeah, and I love the fact that Obi-Wan thought Anakin was dead and thought he would been dead for 10 years. And again, you know, we're going to probably say this a lot, but Ewan Effin McGregor, his performance at that moment when he finds out yeah, he is just, oh. And then, of course, that tease of the back to tank. <laughs> Yeah, I think the second episode, um, you're right. It was good to show it on the same day because it sets up it sets up the show a mm. lot more. Because the first episode is mostly on Tatooine. And so, you know, that's not what the show is. The show is not, you know, despite what some of us may have wished for, mm-hmm. the show is not just Ben on Tatooine waiting. It, it's, it's him on an adventure. And so they had to get him out on the adventure um, as soon as they could. And yeah. Uh, and so having it in, having it on the premiere date uh, really helped that out a lot. But uh, and then Flea gets killed right by the Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor kills him. Well, the Grand Inquisitor drags him into the helicopter blade. Yeah, yeah. But we don't see it on screen, so he might have survived. You know, as we've seen. I don't think anybody's <laughs> the, the yeah, ever ever. It would have been funny if at the very end the Inquisitor comes out alive and Flea comes out with him. Speaking of helicopter blade, I am glad we didn't see anybody fly with the blade. Yeah, because it's one thing to see it on Rebels, and I was rewatching Twilight of the Apprentice the other day, and even then, I was like, "Yeah, I forgot these are a little much." <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. and it doesn't bother me watching it happen in a cartoon. For a cartoon, I can suspend a lot more disbelief than I can in live action. Every time I see them, they just remind me of. Do you remember those princess toys from the eighties? Where you, like, mm-hmm. spin them and they flew their little arms would come up and they yes. spin around. Yeah, it they had the dragonfly wings. Yeah, yeah. every time I think of that. Yeah, so I guess the corollary is unless you're a, not a secondary character or your name isn't Qui-Gon Jinn, you can survive. <laughs> and in episode three, Obi-Wan and Leia, of course, have escaped. They land on a mining planet because a planet is still only one thing. They're helped by giant mole man almost caught but then 
rescued by a woman helping Jedi and Force-sensitives escape the Empire. But before they can get off the planet, Reva and Vader show up. While Vader confronts Obi-Wan, Reva grabs Leia. After a fiery fight that is weird, Obi-Wan sets off to save Leia again. You're being generous calling it a fight. It's okay. It's a beat down. It's a beating. (laughs) Well, it's a fire beating. Well, Vader wants him to feel what he felt. Which I get. Yeah, because Vader is the most extra bitch in the entire Star Wars galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) He sure is. But I kind of also want to talk about one of the most terrifying things that's ever happened in Star Wars is at the beginning of this episode where they catch a ride with the friendly local and then see the Imperial flag, you know, the, you know, the, the political bumper sticker. (laughs) Sees the NRA sticker on the back of the car. Yeah, no, I I love it because you say that guy helps them. That guy does not help them. He picks well, them up. He picks and them up and then turn and then turns them over. He saw something and he was going to say something. They yes, they think did. they think he's helping them, and yeah, this is where Obi Wan hints that he might know who Leia's real parents are because once they get into the truck, this is after she has said. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's trying to help us. We're going to go get some help. Shut up and come with me. Mm-hmm. And it leads him to say, You knew her. My real mother. Didn't you? It was just a story. The whole time I've known you, you've been hiding something. Lying to me. Leia. Are you my real father? I wish I could say I was, but no, I'm not. And being Mm -hmm. the insightful, precocious little 10 year old she is, she, she knows he's lying and she calls him out on it. And she asks him if he's her dad. And he says, I wish I could say I could. And you know, he wishes it. But that's the best line. Pad mail. (laughs) If you just look down and said, your mama only loves a master. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really liked when he gets when he fights the stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and he only uses a blaster. And yes. like I was like sitting there, like not tense, but like, "Good Lord, get out your lightsaber!" And it uh-huh. made that scene so good because he's not ready to do it yet. And it feels weird. It's so uncivilized. This is the yeah. This is the guy who doesn't like blasters, and he's mm-hmm. he, for the first three episodes, it's all he uses. Pretty much. And that and, one uh, stormtrooper falling on the laser gate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, this is one episode where the budget kind of stuck out to me. Um, mm. The plant, the planet they were on looked like something out of Xena warrior princess. It looked like <laughs> they just filmed it in the hills above Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, after, after going from like the super cool space Hong Kong of Dayu um, to them just looking like they're in the San Bernardino mountains. There's like a gorm um, in the background wandering around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it, that felt a little, it felt a little cheap. Um, but, but I'll say this, I'm still getting used to, and this is after two seasons of Mando and Boca Boba Fett. And now this, I'm still getting used to seeing star Wars on a budget. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's got a different feel. Um, you know, they do spend a lot. Gary, you're right. They spend a lot of money on these shows. They still don't spend feature film money no. on these shows per minute. And um, 
and 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 I'm just getting used to Star Wars feeling a little smaller, you know, um, than than I'm than I'm used to than than I'm than it has been before. Um, yeah. Especially in a story like this that has such that goes for such epic moments, mm-hmm. um, you know, the 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 lack of budget kind of hinders it a little bit at times. I think. Yeah, yeah, but that conversation they have though in the back of the truck, where he describes, you know. I didn't really know your parents, but he actually talks a little bit about Padme and then the, well, I was taken away from my family and I kind of remember I may have had a brother. I thought that was a really good bit of like, Oh, let's add more lore. I also love the scene where they're in the backseat with just the stormtroopers. Yeah. And the stormtroopers are kind of just talking and they're kind of interrogating them, but they really don't care. And, um, and, and it's just a funny image of like Ben and little Leia sitting there and these stormtroopers file in and they're just kind of trucking along and they're just doing their blue collar job. Yeah. Well, I saw someone post an article online about that scene also made stormtroopers scarier because it turned them into cops. And the scariest thing in the world is the ones that don't give a crap that are standing there. You don't have to worry about it, but the ones who are paying attention or go, Hey, let me talk to you for a minute. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is talk to these guys. Let's talk about the biggest thing in this episode, or what I think is the biggest thing, the path. Uh, They are clearly setting something up. How many Jedi are alive besides Quinlan Vos? It's like, what, 13 or 14 somebody dug out of that episode? At least. So somebody translated them um, and got them all, and they're all, a, a lot of them are from the old comics, some of the old video games. Like, they're they're old EU Jedi. And most of those are just Easter eggs. I don't think Quinlan... I, they're going to do something with Quinlan Boss. Eh, I hope, but... Tala, said, Tala, Tala even says that he helps out the path every once in a while by smuggling younglings, I think is what mm-hmm. Tala says about him. He's, he's not someone who ran away. He's someone who's actively involved. You know, this idea that there is this underground railroad for Jedi and for more importantly, I think, for force sensitive children, you know, the children of the the children of the force is, mm-hmm. is uh, I think Palpatine calls them at one point as being the their their next enemy. That's what the Inquisitors really is about, too, it, especially in the Rebels era. Right. Is they're they're mm-hmm. looking for force sensitive kids and stuff. I remember when they first cast um, Indira Varma. Mm-hmm. Right. We at first we thought maybe she could play Satine because she looked a little bit like her. Um, I you know people probably know her from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. from Rome, Rome, yeah, and Rome. then also she was she was in if anyone remembers Mira Nair's adaptation of the Kama Sutra mm. from the nineties, Kama Sutra: a Tale of Love. She was in that too, so she's been around a while. She never meets a good end. <laughs> um, I liked Tala though. I thought they did a good job with this kind of imperial who had seen too much and was, was helping out. Well, she's the, you know, what they used to call the, the good German back in the world war two era. You know, she was somebody who signed up to do the right thing and like suddenly realizes, Oh, I'm we're the, were we not, the baddies. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing the right thing. Um, so the fight, Oh, it's not really, I mean, said it's not really a fight. Like oh, Raiders not trying to kill him. Well, even like, before the fight though, that is one of the most chilling scenes with Vader we've ever seen. And something I realized in watching it, when he's going down the street trying to draw Kenobi out and he just snaps that one guy's neck, it suddenly just puts, 
Yeah, it puts so much into focus because every time we've seen Vader grab somebody with the Force and choke them out, he's it's not been quick. And with this guy, it's just a, oh, you don't matter. You're dead. So obviously it's like, it's again, building that whole Sith hatred. He's taking his time with everybody else to drag that death out, to make them suffer. Well, Vader's telekinesis gets a workout in this, in this series, like his actual telekinetic powers. They, they decide to lean on those hardcore. I also like to keep his holding his breath. (laughs) Like when he's stalking him, just so he wouldn't hear the breathing noise. Anakin is so dramatic, he holds his breath so he doesn't hear him coming. Again, because Anakin is extra. (laughs) What have you become? What you made me. Now, did he forget how to put the fire out for some reason? I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe he can't put out chemical fires. I don't know. Probably. When he, when he, when he finally confronts Obi-Wan, I love the fact that, first of all, Obi-Wan runs away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he keeps trying to run from him. He finally gets his lightsaber out. And they have a little bit of a duel where he, it's the, the, the most pitiful looking. I was like, is this the duel? This can't be the duel. This is pitiful. I can't I can't imagine this is the duel. But I thought the most brutal moment was when yeah, he sets the fire and then he he throws Obi-Wan into it and uses the force to drag him. Oh god. Through the fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like but, because he wants him to burn like he burned. I thought it was pretty gruesome. It was. And very in keeping with Anakin's character or Vader's character. It was just so cruel what he was doing. Yeah. And I love the fact uh, that, and well, again, they had James Earl Jones back because you have to, but my God, the dialogue, that is one of the things from rebels through here. They have just nailed Vader, his dialogue. It's like, he has never really sounded out of character for me, but the whole, you're going to suffer the way of, I have suffered. You're weak. I mean, I am only what you made me. Yeah. That line. Yeah, when it, when Obi Wan's like, "What has become of you?" and he's like, I'm "What you made me, punk." Yeah, it, it it was it was I think stunning to see Obi Wan cowering in fear almost in this moment, um, especially given how bad he kicks his ass later. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's still, I don't know. It was still a really intense scene. Um, I doubt Tala letting Leia go off on her own. I question her wisdom there. Yeah. But then again, Tala would have been dead a lot earlier because Reva just would have killed her. Well, we saw the dead guy, <laughs> but no, this was the episode where they, where we got our reunion and um, it wasn't what we expected at all. And so many people complained. It was a bizarre scene, but I think effective. And I love the, 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 the loader bot. <laughs> Oh yeah, the the load lifter guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah continuing the a, a a rebel and their droid companion. <laughs> Excellent figure coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention Lola. I, I, oh, mention Lola. Lola. I I think they thought Lola was going to be a lot more popular than she is because they had that toy robot ready to roll and yeah, yeah. 
It's I like Lullify. It's cute, but it I mean it's no BD1. It's yeah. batteries not included. That is what that yeah. droid is. <laughs> and frankly, it, it does look like the 80s movie batteries not included. Yes. It, it just doesn't have any enough personality to grab like BD did. I mean, it's just gonna, you know, it sits in her hand, it does the things with its wings, it has the cute noise, but it doesn't. I got no personality off that. I got more personality off a loader bot. <laughs> it reminded me of, you remember when MP3 players first came out and for some reason mm. for kids, they would like design them in like funky shapes. It's just like Leia's crappy MP3 player. That she like, <laughs> it's her Zune. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's her, it's her, it's her Fisher price droid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and we really didn't talk about Vader's throne. In, on Mustafar, wasn't that pretty cool? I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. that was a very, very Sith. <laughs> that was yeah. oh, that's right off a heavy metal cover. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we get to see more Fortress Vader and um and and yeah, you're right. I think they really did do a good job of and people have have talked about this. I think they've done a good job of making him scary in this. He 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 was he is legitimately scary in this until he's until he's not, which is important. And even when he's not scary, he's scary. But we'll talk about that. Even when he's gotten his ass kicked, he's still scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. On to four. Obi-Wan is recovering from his fight with Vader while Reva threatens a small child at the Fortress Inquisitorius. He convinces a fledgling group of rebels to help save her. And after a fairly standard prison break story especially extra standard if you've played Jedi Fallen Order, Obi-Wan's new friends help him get away. I was not the biggest fan of this episode because I have played Fallen Order twice now. Yeah, I was about to say, this is the place from Fallen Order, right? Yes. <laughs> Up into how you get into it. You swim underneath. Like, come on, guys. I, I was backseat driving Obi-Wan during this episode because I was like, <laughs> wait, okay, so here you have to stop. You have to do this. L2, L2, Obi-Wan. Hit the bumper. Now, to be fair, they also have the poor security gate that's like half a football field before you go in the door. <laughs> so I, mean, I guess they're not too worried about anybody getting in this place. Well, who who else go in there? Well, and though that was one of the touches I liked, and I commented on this to, to my fiance as we were watching this, when she's going through the scan or whatever. In a fascist dictatorship, it's real easy for somebody with rank to get away with things of, get out of my way. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, you don't want to anger anybody because you never know. You never who's know. ISB. Yeah, right. There's yeah, ISB. Somebody hanging around. It's a little weird that she could kill a guy and just leave the body laying in an alley, high, uh, just behind a bookshelf, though. <laughs> While I agree with you guys that this was too similar to Fallen Order, I thought there were a couple of cool things about it. One, I really like Roken. Yeah, I would um, bet money we see Roken on Andor. Yeah, he's um, played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., better known as Ice. Ice. I couldn't remember if that was Ice, Ice Cube Jr. I really liked him and his gang. I th- I thought they were really Wade and forget the girl's name off the top of my head. And uh, I like their little their little group of of Path Jedi. I hope to see more of Roken. I really do. Um, the t- so let's talk about the tombs of the fortress, though. Yeah, that was messed so, up. <laughs> Have they identified now Master Sinube? Sinube, yeah, right? Yeah. Is one of them mm-hmm. from right. Clone Wars. So that was the one that really hit home. There was one of the kids from the opening yeah, of the first some, episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Just some little Probably pat one of those kids. Pat a baby. But <laughs> yeah, why? Little youngling. Why was there a youngling there? I could understand why they would entomb a master, but why would they do that to a youngling? I couldn't figure out what the what well, the deal was with that. I don't think we know the function of the tombs. Yeah. I couldn't the decide only- if it was like a trophy room or if it was more well, of Sheev's scientific experimentations continuing. Well, and yeah. like, that's the a very thing courageous we, thing to do. And the only thing we know for sure is there was that one episode of Clone Wars where they, uh, or was it Rebels? Where yeah, it was Rebels where they got Kanan. It's like we've got a Jedi Master, we have to go save. And it was she was in the coffin thing, which had that same orange fluid stuff. And it's sort of, oh, yeah, she's been yeah. all along. You were using her as a lure to get you here. Oh, the um. What's her name that they use? The one that died like three times before she actually died. Was it Shakti? Yeah. She was supposed to die. Shakti. Yeah. 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 Shakti. She was supposed to die in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And then I think she dies in Force Unleashed. Yeah. yeah. Force Unleashed. Yeah. Too, because she because her scene got cut out of Attack of the Clones, so they killed her in Force Unleashed. And then they just and then in Rebels they they kind of confirmed her being dead. That's right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the purpose of the tombs. They were creepy think that was their main function yeah they there's some people that think one of the tombs has a guy in a robe with like a square hat on and it looks very similar to some of the original trilogy the emperor's advisors one of them is wearing really similar clothes i was also wondering if one of those women was like um rogan's rogan it's not rogan that's seth rogan uh rogan's wife I thought that too. Yeah, there's one they kind of linger on for a second. I thought the episode was fairly well done. I mean, we did we did get him finally getting his Jedi groove back with the water, though, with the crack yeah. in the in the the tunnel and holding it back, holding the water back until the last second, managing to not get wet at all. By the way, um, <laughs> I noticed in the next shot. <laughs> let's talk about the beginning though for a minute, though. Him in the back to tank, splicing in the mm-hmm. scenes with with Vader, also. Mm-hmm. in his little whatever healing tank he does i thought that was really effective yeah. and speaking of that the the hardcore we don't care that you're a 10 year old we're going to interrogate the hell out of you and then we're going to strap you into a torture rack yeah well it kind of gives us a glimpse of what's going to happen nine years from now mm-hmm. when she gets tortured again and doesn't give up shit in either yeah he's like i'm a, hey, i've been doing this since i'm 10 and it was pretty cool the scene when Kenobi pops out, you know, in the darkness with, and the, when the saber cuts on, he takes out those two troopers. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Started, you know, I mean, this, the story is, is largely about him. It's everyone. Yeah. How he got his group back. Exactly. Yeah. It's about him getting his group back. So that that's all part of the process. Him actually getting out there and being proficient with his lightsaber just against a couple of stormtroopers. But it was, it was fun to see some stormtroopers getting taken out by a lightsaber. Hadn't seen that in a little while. And I always like seeing T-47s. Yeah. yeah, it was nice to see the T-47s, too. Poor, uh, yeah. Poor, uh, what's the guy's name? I, I said it earlier. No, I don't remember. Poor, Wa- poor Wade. Terry and I both, when he died, went, oh, no, poor that guy. What's his name? <laughs> I, I didn't really get too attached to him, so I wasn't super upset when he died. No, you're not supposed to be. You're just supposed to react. You're supposed to be um, affected by everyone else's reaction to it. More, more so than than actually missing the guy. This is also the episode where 
I realized that Hayden had thrown himself into the physicality of the role because when pissed off Vader storms into that room with those troop, the, the stormtroopers trying to keep up with him, I was like, oh, she's dead. She's dead. She is so dead. <laughs> you were born what the feet would bring. I will tolerate your weakness. No longer. It's like you is like, oh, he's pissed. I thought that it was probably I thought we I didn't realize we were going to get the raid on the fortress right away. I thought it was going to be something we built up to. It seemed a little too easy. Are, are you talking about the coat? <laughs> no, the coat Don't doesn't bother me. The coat, the coat did not bother me. I think the coat is hilarious. <laughs> Star Wars should be funny. The coat didn't bother me. I just thought the whole thing was just a little too convenient and a little too easy. Like, how did they get there? Like, like what ship, how did their ship not get detected entering the atmosphere? How, how did they, how did they, how did broken ship get there without getting blown out of the sky by a star destroyer? Like all those things were like, it was, it was just too easy to get in and out of places in this entire show. It's the arrogance of the Empire. No one would dare. I guess. Yeah. Except for everywhere else where they dare. <laughs> Every, or except for and everywhere else where they have security, you know. So it, it just it just felt like it was a little too easy to get in and out of places in the entire episode. In the entire series, really. It was also the shortest episode of the season, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Yeah, it was pretty short. It was like under 40 minutes, which was a little frustrating, but it told the story it needed to tell. So there's no reason to stretch it out. Uh, Episode 5. Darth Vader remembers being a 40-year-old Padawan and training with Obi-Wan, while (laughs) Reva tracks down Obi-Wan and confronts him. He finally figures out her motivation. Obviously, she was the youngling that we saw at the beginning of the show when Anakin went on his child-killing spree back at the temple, and she wants revenge. He convinces her to make her move, but surprise, the Grand Inquisitor isn't dead after all. For reasons? She is left for dead while Obi-Wan and friends escape again. So, not only... Luna narrow escapes in this. Not only is the Grand Inquisitor alive for reasons, but Reva, for some reason, thinks that Darth Vader won't sense or figure out anything that she's got planned Mm -hmm. and she thinks her revenge is a good sneaky idea against the most powerful being well first of all he's not omnipotent like he doesn't know everything he doesn't sense everything he doesn't if he knew everything this would be a much shorter series he's not he's not a god he doesn't know everything her her thought process is very simple Keep him distracted on Obi-Wan. If, if uh, he is blind and he is blinded by Obi-Wan pretty much. And it's how he, they escape. Can, right. If they can keep him blinded by staring at Obi-Wan, by keeping his concentration, Obi-Wan, then maybe she can get her, her shot in. Is she wrong? Yes. Had he figured it out? Yes. I don't think it makes her. I think it makes sense for her to make the play. All I'm saying is I think that um, I thought it made sense in the context of the show. She's looking for revenge on Vader. Did you really believe I did not see it, youngling? You 
are of no further use. Hello, third sister. Revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? She sees the one opportunity she's going to get, and she t- and she takes it. This is where I wish there had been, like, I wish there had been one more episode to let that breathe a little bit, like that revelation. So mm. rewatching it in the in the third episode, Vader says to her, "I know what it is you seek." And watching yeah. it the second yeah. time, he I knows that too. But oh yeah. The first time, but she's it. useful. I mean, it kind of plays into that whole Sith methodology, though. You got to have that one young, hungry person that keep you on your toes, and if they're good enough to take you out, that's what was supposed to happen. I mean, she's been doing the job. Apparently, she's been hunting Jedi kids, so he's getting what he wants. Well, and as he tells her at the end, she's no longer useful. Mm-hmm. Once she's no longer yeah. useful, he doesn't care about her anymore. But we should back up, though. That's the end of the episode. I love seeing the Purge Troopers. Oh, Purge Troopers are really cool. Yeah, we saw those in the last one, too. Mm-hmm. It was neat seeing live-action Purge Troopers, for sure. What did we think about the duel? It was great. And how it, and how it, re- and how it related to the... How it related to the episode. The, no, the duel between Oh, the Anakin duel, and, duel. The training duel. And, and the training duel. It was so good to see the two of them together again. I thought so. I was beginning to think you weren't coming. Master good then maybe i stand more of a chance this time are you ready are you then let's begin i i mean i spent it's like i had to do the a rewatch of that because i spent the first time watching just going oh <laughs> it just shows with good writing hayden could have been so much better Mm-hmm. Like that's what people wanted to see. That's an Anakin you see falling. Like mm-hmm. it's much better writing of yeah, he's this kid that's obsessed with winning and that he's going to, you know. And we talked about that on the previous episode where we the last two where we talked about Queen's Hope and uh, Brotherhood. But you know that fixing Anakin has been a really big concentration there so this did really well i also really like they didn't de-age them too much um no it could have looked really bad i think if they had made him yeah. look 16 or however old i went with it it didn't it didn't yeah. bother me it didn't much. bother me i just felt like calling it out yeah. and being funny <laughs> but yeah and it was also a great encapsulation of both each character and their worldview and their relationship well, I, I like the fact that the episode is is formed as kind of a duel between Vader and Obi Wan mm-hmm. without their blades, uh-huh. but it's Obi it's Obi Wan's un, his understanding of Vader, his understanding of Anakin, that leads him to figure out how to outsmart him. Because mm-hmm. um, even he says at the beginning, he's like, "They're going to attack right away," because he because he doesn't have the patience to, for a siege. That's just not who he is, you know. Yeah. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. And and how that paralleled with the fight, I thought was really clever. 
And he also knows Anakin enough to know he's going to force unleash grab a starship out of the air. So we should hide on this back one. Yeah, so we should have a decoy ship. Who was flying the decoy ship? Some poor droid, I guess. (laughs) And watching him hold it, slam it to the ground, and then just rip it open, it's like, oh, yeah, this uh, this is badass Vader. Yeah, it it was still pretty badass. Yeah, it was. Yeah. This is Rogue One walking down a hallway and slaughtering people, Vader. It was it was it was a pretty it was a pretty epic moment, even though it ended up being him look, looking like a fool. But it still ended up being a pretty epic moment. Yeah, I, I have heard quite a few people saying, well, why didn't he just grab the second one? It's like, no, no, he's out of MP, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to recharge. He needs he's a potion for that. Just, I could see the look under his face, under the mask of the. Well, damn. Leia is also a very skillful ten-year-old. <laughs> like, she is. She's gonna fix that door. <laughs> no. She's resourceful, you know, and um, you know, I like the fact they brought Kamal back, and now now he's now he's a refugee because he tried to help Obi Wan back in Episode two, two, right? So now he well, he did help him out in Episode two, and now he's a refugee. He's like, I couldn't stay there. And they kind of brought their whole cast of characters together and everything. And and I, I liked when he was like, okay, you're in charge of Leia. And he's like, I am not a babysitter, Ben. <laughs> and, but he ends up kind of taking that responsibility. And uh, I really liked Haja a lot, actually. So, no, I just I just like the part where he, when he met Reva in the second episode. And he was like, I'm uh, Haja Elstree, Jedi Knight. I'm the one you're looking for. <laughs> She's just like, you're not a <laughs> She's Jedi. She's like, mm, no. <laughs> But she does. She gives him the Kylo Ren, though. Yeah. Like, I thought that was cool. We hadn't seen that before, like, since Force Awakens, where she went into his brain like Kylo Ren does. And once they actually break in, when Reva's like, I've got a lightsaber. What do you, what do you mean you have a locked door? No, no such thing. And the stormtroopers come in with, and continue their reputation of we can't hit nothing. There's like 40 no, of them. <laughs> they're terrible. But when... Yeah, I loved how bad the stormtroopers should have stuck with clones, yeah. Sheev. Yep, yeah. they were. But then they when poor Leanne, I mean, when the when Loaderbot gets between her and the troopers, yeah, it was just such a oh god, you're ripping my heart out. <laughs> and she pulls out the thermal detonator. It was a very kind of K two S O moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, how many droids have I got to watch die? <laughs> I really, really like this episode. Did we? Here's my question: Did we knew there was something up with Reva. Mm-hmm. She kept, if you notice throughout this, throughout, I noticed this second and third time through that there's a moment or two where she touches her side, mm-hmm. where she like reaches down and touches her side where her wound was, where her original wound was from, from order, from order 66. Mm-hmm. And, and so they were kind of setting us up for something, but did you, yeah. her, did you, did, were you surprised by the revelation? I mean, it wasn't that much of a shock, right? No, nah, it was a, oh. I was too weak. When he left, I played dead. Hid with the bodies. Felt them go cold. They were the only family I knew. Serving him, are you? You are hunting him. 
help you. Why would I ever trust you? Because we want the same thing. Do we, Obi-Wan? Do you really want Anakin dead? That she was and looking for vengeance against Vader. I loved how they did all those shots of Vader in Order 66 with being lit by his lightsaber as he's taking out younglings and when he stabs her and we see the look on his face. And then that one-sided fight between her and Vader where he's like spending half of it just going, nope, nope. The old, you know, the Kung Fu film martial arts fighting of, yep. I forgot about that. That scene's great. Yeah, that scene's great where Reva's trying to kill him with her lightsaber and he just keeps pushing her away. And like, this is the first time I think we've seen people using the force to deflect lightsaber blades. Yeah. Using his telekinesis to deflect blades. Yeah, he catches her blades like four or five times. Yeah, no, it was a it was it was a really cool moment. And it just showed how outclassed she was, you know, like, yeah, it it actually reminded me of The Last Jedi when uh, Kylo's trying to take out Luke at first and Luke's just kind of dodging, like dodging around and and stepping out, stepping out of the way and stuff and everything to drive Ben crazy. All right. So the question I got to ask you three is why did he leave her alive? He didn't need her anymore. (laughs) Because because there's another episode. I, I don't know why he doesn't just cut her head off like he, like she's a Tuscan, you know, like, yeah, like this, this kind of um, and plus the Grand Inquisitor shows up looking quite healthy. And yeah. so we know that just stabbing someone with a lightsaber doesn't kill somebody. So they're not leaving. I mean, they're, they're technically like leaving her for dead. Yeah, but, but they even say before they leave, you know, hate may keep you alive. They expect her to not die. Yeah. It's like, so yeah. why? There's got to be a reason I would hope. Aside from uh, well, plot. I'm not sure. The Sith are arrogant. Yeah, yeah, there is an arrogance to it, but uh, I, I don't, I can't answer your question because I have the same question. Okay. I mean, it might just be overdramatic Anakin. True. Being like, you lay there on the ground and think about what you did. I'm leaving. <laughs> right. You're not. You're not worth my. T- you're not worth me killing. Mm-hmm. Basically, I don't care about you at all. Come at me again in five years and see if you're good enough. <laughs> I just keep wondering, like, and it, it, we keep coming back to this lightsaber thing, but, like, if Reva really wanted to kill the Grand Inquisitor, why didn't she just go through his heart? Mm-hmm. Maybe she doesn't know where his heart is. As I was say, maybe Powen's hearts are in their leg. We don't know. It's true. We don't know where their hearts are. Maybe, maybe that's the... Maybe that's the... But Vader should know where her heart is. Yeah. When he stabs her. So, I mean, because we we discovered that he stabbed her when she was a little little girl, mm-hmm. too. And she that wound would be that. much bigger proportionally because yeah. she was smaller. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one thing they kind of decided on this show, and and it's it's one of the things that irks me. Yeah, I will admit is the the surviving the lightsaber blades. Yeah, we we need lightsabers to be deadly again. The, the, well, this is the first time they've been shown not to be. Like, they either kill you or they sever limbs, and and in this, they just wound you. And I, I thought that was a little yeah. Yeah, and we also then get Bail O'Grania's complete lack of information security of, hey, I know you said never to call you, but you remember the thing about the, you know, the kids we're not supposed to talk about? If you don't call me, I'm going to Tatooine where the kids are that nobody's supposed to know about. Remember <laughs> the kids? <laughs> I know we said no communication, but your silence worries me. If he's found you, if he's learned of the children, if I don't hear from you soon, I'll head to Tatooine. Owen will need help with the boy. I pray you're safe, Obi-Wan. Both of you.
Yeah, his his message was a little not very coded. <laughs> he even says, "I'll go to Owen." Yeah, like get, giving her the name and stuff, and yeah, it's a little. Which leads us to the last and arguably best episode. Probably, yeah. Yeah. After hearing a recording from Bale, Reva heads to Tatooine for more revenging, I guess. While Obi-Wan takes a sh- <laughs> while Obi-Wan takes a shuttle to lead Vader away from his new friends. They have a truly epic duel that ends with Vader in a broken mask revealing Anakin but ne- revealing Anakin beneath. But not really Anakin because Vader killed him. Obi-Wan leaves him lying injured on the ground again and goes to stop Reva, who has gone after Luke. In the end, her memories of the night of Order 66 stop her from killing him. While we don't know what she'll do next, we do know why Leia names her son Ben and get to see Obi-Wan give Luke a little hello there before riding off into the wastes where the force ghost of Qui-Gon has finally appeared to him. So, one of the writers or producers or director saw Twilight of the Apprentice and said, yeah, it's pretty sad, but it could be a lot more heartbreaking before writing the end of the duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Because that shit's upsetting. I have to say, I almost wish they had done something different because we had seen it in Twilight of the Apprentice, but I understand that a lot of people haven't watched that and probably never will, so it was good to get it in live action. But I wish that this had been the first time I had seen that. That image? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we'd seen it in like Force Unleashed too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, He loses like the whole top of the helmet, I think. He loses the whole top of the helmet, yeah. My first question is, Ryan, did you notice they do a block behind the back? They do do a block behind the back. I was so excited. I was like, there it is. Yeah. Yes, it's, not as, it's, not shot, it's not shot as well, and it's like kind of close up. It's not from a distance, but Obi-Wan does do the block behind the I, back. I saw it, and I thought of you. We get the block behind the back, and we get the hand out front in the Obi-Wan pose. And I was like, there's all the good stuff. Yeah, the second he does the, the, the lightsaber up with the hand pointing, I was just like, yeah! Yeah, no, it was really cool. I, I think you're right. The fight was great. It was it was exactly what it wanted to be. I mean, when when Obi Wan picks up all those rocks and starts throwing mm-hmm. them at him, rocks are very important. Got to lift those rocks. Well, I mean, it it just kept reminding me of like in Empire. It's like, oh, that's why uh, Vader kept throwing pieces of the station at Luke. He knows how much that hurts. There, there's a couple of things in that scene I really like. I think the lighting was excellent. The way they kind of went back and forth between the blue when he's kind of. He doesn't become Anakin again, but when he is speaking more as Anakin and telling him and then goes back to red. One thing, you know, I like to imagine things they could have added that would have made me happier. But one line I wish they had included that I think would have made it even better is in between right when Obi-Wan says that my friend's truly dead. If they had thrown in a line when Anakin's on the ground and had everyone said, not even say her name, but just say her last words were they're still good in you for your sake. I hope that's true. And then said goodbye, Darth, and walked off just to watch Anakin lose his shit. That (laughs) not only had everyone been there at the end and talked to her, but that she did not approve of his new lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, well, and as someone pointed out, there's a point where 
in the the trilogy where Luke's talking to Yoda and is like, you know, there's good in him, and Yoda says, Obi Wan once thought the way you did. Like we should have gotten no, that Va- moment. Vader, Vader says that, or Vader says it. Yeah, Vader's the one who says that. Obi Wan once thought as you did. I love the. I mean, you know, it's the big line of the episode, but Anakin. Anakin's gone. I'm what remains. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin. For all of it. I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. I love it because one, it's pretty heartbreaking. And also it completely absolves Ben of his lying to Luke. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's the whole setup for him saying like uh, he betrayed and murdered your father. That's what that dude told me. I mean, I don't. Know. <laughs> that's, that's what he told me. He told Darth Vader told me that he murdered your father. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to tell you. You know, and the hint of a smile on his face. I mean, if you look, you can just kind of see the corner of his mouth as he's talking, and yeah. there's this just hint of a grin, and it's like Anakin, you extra. <laughs> Yeah, he is digging the drama of this moment. They did such a good job with that, though, with the way they did the voice um, mixing the two. Um, I think you're right. I think a Padme reference would have been nice, but I I, they're doing so much in that moment to set up because they know they know that people are going to watch this series and they're going to say, but what about this in New Hope? And what about this in a New Hope? And what about this? And this doesn't match up with this. And when we're done, when we get to the end here, we'll probably talk about some of the bigger kind of stuff. But kind of the macro macro things, but the, but this 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 fight and kind of how they ended the fight was kind of setting up yeah. a new hope a little bit, oh, yeah. or rectifying some of those things. One of the criticisms I saw people bring up about the fight that really surprised me was people talking about that Obi Wan didn't kill him. I mean, and I not, have, mm. and do you have, see? Here's what I think: Who did I have that problem too? When is the last time we saw a Jedi? kill someone who was incapacitated. I know. It was Anakin. That's a Sith thing. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. you know, disagree with the Jedi myth or the <laughs> pathos of the Jedi or not, but that is a very Jedi thing to do, to walk away and trust the force is going to fix it. Because being this warrior that takes everybody out mm-hmm. got them in this place to begin with. I totally get that, but all I can see is how many lives he saves. Mm-hmm. Does he, though? If he takes Vader out, he saves lives, I believe. I mean, Sheev still blows up Alderaan, I bet. He still yeah. sheaves yeah. it up. But Vader's yeah. responsible for his own murders, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he knows what Vader is doing. He knows, and he knows Anakin is, if he does, he has to know if he doesn't kill Anakin here, he's going to go out and Sith all over the galaxy. But but here's the thing. I'm not saying he had to kill him, but he just leaves him there to get away. Yeah. And that, you know, like he could have done, he could have incapacitated him further, right? He could have captured him. He could have done all sorts of things. I think that's the minute he becomes a Jedi again. Yeah. Like that's the moment. He shows Maybe. mercy and walks away and trusts the Force. Mm. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love the Darth and, line. Yeah, Darth. yeah. Well, again, Darth. setting it up, yeah. setting it up. Because <laughs> he's the only one that's ever called a Seth Lord Darth, and it's totally an F you. <laughs> and it also doesn't make sense of like, you know, Lord Vader. The rebels are going that way. Like, Shouldn't we go after them? Vader has his own shuttle. He could have said, yeah, you guys chase them down. I'm going this way in my ship. Yeah, he's like, yeah, but no, we're, we're chasing them down. I mean, yeah, the Darth line is definitely like, all right, well, if you if Anakin's really dead, then see you later, Darth. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's almost shit talking him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can't tell you how many times I've watched that fight. I've just watched that. I like once a day now. Yeah, it's the total like, I just whooped your ass. Awesome job, Darth. <laughs> How's that working out for yeah. you? Yeah. How's the Darth gig doing? Good luck with all of this, Darth. Yeah. But I love the fact that what when Vader throws the high ground at him and buries him. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, what gets him out of there isn't, you know, remembering Padme or his friendships. It's thinking of Luke and Leia. It's the kids. And and remembering them is what gives him the strength to push out of there. Speaking of the kids. Yes. I have a question. Shoot. Does Reva know that Luke is Anakin's kid? Is that what she's going after? What what is Reva exactly 100% after when she goes to the Lars farm? I think she's pissed and knows Obi-Wan's got that kid. For some reason, I don't think she necessarily knows. Yeah, but she keeps she talking about revenge. Like I see, I don't know. She keeps talking about revenge, and she like, knows the that the. That, I see it like that. She knows the kid's important for some reason because otherwise, Bale yeah. wouldn't have mentioned him. And she knows that Obi Wan has been hanging out on this planet for ten years, looking after. But see, to me, in that moment, like her beef isn't with Obi Wan. Yeah, her beef is with Vader. Well, and it would make sense, like why that kid is the one that causes her to turn back. Like, you yeah. know, that that's the one that she realizes hurting him. Isn't going to make me better and bring back my friends. And- I just thought it was very vague as far as what she knew. And maybe mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, but it leads me to her surviving being a little more frustrating because now there's someone else. Cause if she does know, that means there's someone else out there that knows. I don't think she knows. It's, it's possible. She doesn't. I just thought it was vague. I thought it was yeah. it was vague as well. Oh, and they may have there. left it vague on purpose because there are one of the few nitpicks I've got with the show is there are a few things that happen because plot, and that's I think kind of one of them. Although it was beautifully shot, it was. Well, I said, you know what's awesome though was Baru and Owen getting out the guns, maker of cheese, breaker of chains. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Baru, Baru, white son Lars, breaker of chains, mother of cheese, bad ass. <laughs> Somebody pointed out, like, we never see the stormtroopers attack the Lars homestead. It was had to have been, like, a whole platoon of them. <laughs> like, there's mm-hmm. <laughs> where the Lars just kick ass. It was so cool watching them. I mean, it was a doomed struggle. And there there was 
it ended the way it had to, but the fact that they put up any fight at all, yes, partly due to the fact that she had just been run through with a saber, but still. But the, Baru was the one leading the fight. Owen was like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "She's like, uh, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna prep. Here's a, here's a rifle. Get your ass up." Well, and it's got that great line where where she says, "You've been taking care of him as if he's your own," and Owen says. Uh, he is my own. He is my own. You know, we talked about when we did certain point of view, the four of us, when we talked about certain point of view, mm-hmm. we wish there had been an Owen story yeah. Yeah. in that book. And um, this gave us some real Owen that really helped flesh out his character quite a bit um, more than anything else ever has. Yeah. If you listen close right before he asks Ben if he wants to meet Luke, there's a really good sigh in there. And yeah. like, that's really good. Like, the, oh, yeah. all right. Come on over. Bring your stupid toy. I see it on the Opie. <laughs> and of course, that's when we get our... Dan? You want to meet him? We've been waiting six episodes for this. And I honestly thought that was the perfect point to end the series on, but they hadn't mm-hmm. yet shown Qui-Gon. And of course you have to, you have to have him meet Qui-Gon's force ghost. Uh, no, Liam Neeson doesn't do TV. Isn't that what he said? Yep. <laughs> well, That's what he did said. You know what he said Liam Neeson got to eat. In an interview, he said, I didn't want anyone else playing Qui-Gon. Like, I think they were going to do it with or without him. And right. he said, well, all right, I guess I'll come back. But he's voicing Jedi. Uh, oh, I know. I just re- I just remember him saying that he, he only he only did movies or whatever. He didn't do TV. And it, I mean, we knew it was bullshit at the time. And it was, you know, it was what, maybe an hour's worth of work for him as an actor. I mean, most most of that's wig time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He shot for 15 minutes and it took him three hours to do the wig. And I did like the way they, they did the old, the, oh, I was here all along. You just weren't ready to see me. Yeah. <laughs> I was carrying you. That, those, those footsteps are <laughs> when I was carrying you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was, um, but it was, it was good to see him. And it was good to, to know that over the next decade, then he's going to be meditating on, you know, the reason he's going to be able to be a force ghost. Sigh. Uh, the reason he's going to be able to be a force ghost is because of the training he's about to receive that he's ready for now. They can almost fit Kenobi the book in here with the way. Very close. In in my head canon, his EOP that he's writing on in this show is named Rue because that's the EOP he rides in the book. Yeah, no reason to think it's not. I don't think we talked about it yet. I, for me, I, the strongest scene in the whole series is when Ben says goodbye to Leia. Like, that got yeah. me when he talks to her about his parents. Got me, yeah. got me a little choked up a little bit. Princess Leia Organa, you are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. 
But you're also passionate and fearless, forthright. And these are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. And then he goes to Luke and is like, here's a toy. <laughs> well, I, I, I did think it was funny, though, that he, he, he lands, he comes out, he gives her back her droid, he says a few nice things. He just came through hyperspace from Tatooine right. to Alderaan or wherever he's coming from, and he just gets back in the ship and ba- bounces. That's what I was thinking. That was a long trip. Yeah. Maybe regroup with Bale on the whole plan. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Hey, let's talk about your security, yeah. buddy. Yeah, and I do kind of wish that she had never known he was Obi-Wan, that he was just Ben for the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, the whole In a New Hope, General Kenobi, you served my father in the Clone Wars, as opposed to, hey, General Kenobi, you remember 10 years ago when you saved my ass? <laughs> I'm very surprised they did not have him show her a hollow of Padme. Like, not say who she was or anything like that, but like... Here's your mom. She looks sad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, here's the... Here, while she was having you and crying about they're still good at him, I took a quick vid. <laughs> Let me just show you. Oh. Hey, droids record everything. Here's a plan. Here's the MP3 of the birth droid when you popped out. <laughs> he looks over at R2 and goes, record this. Hit record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Save this for yeah. later. It'll be important. <laughs> now, I, I think we can all agree when Luke comes in to save Leia and he says, I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she goes, Ben Kenobi, where is he? That moment is now better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That moment's 100% better. 1,000% mm-hmm. better. However, does the recording, does this jive with the recording? Yes. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under attack and I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. I think it does, because he tells her, you've got to pretend like you don't know me. And when she's putting that data card in R2, who knows where that thing's going to end up? Like, it works out well. But she gives away the whole story in the audio recording. The whole audio recording is her saying like, hey, we're rebels. We got the plans to the Death Star. Help us, old Jedi that you, from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, it's it, like who's going to get, how much worse is the information going to be if she just says, hey, man, remember me? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I don't think that makes the information. I don't think her being formal about it. Hide, there's because she doesn't hide anything else. There's nothing coded. Yeah. And, that yeah, and we had talked about it, like, if they had included a line with Little Leia saying something about, like, you're my only hope, and that was kind of the code, code. in the message later, mm. where she's like, wink, wink, I'm in big trouble again, I need you to get over here. It's not a sticking point for me, it's just a question, because mm-hmm. it's it's one yeah. thing, it's the, because we don't, because there's also the fact that she has no reaction after he dies. Well, right. she's tending she's- to Luke, he's very sad. Luke is very, very sensitive. He's, he's really sad about this guy he just met, and she's just watched a man who saved her and her entire planet die. 
but Luke's feeling. Yeah, she's way tougher than Luke. We know that. We know she's way tough. That's how hardcore she is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, according to the books, too, she's been through a whole lot of stuff between here and there. And she's like, eh, I don't know. I got kidnapped one time when I was younger. It was like a Tuesday. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's just interesting. Like, Star Wars Explained did a whole video about whether or not this retconned anything, you know, whether this, this changed anything. And he came to the conclusion, Alex came to the conclusion that, that, no, he thought it all pretty much gelled. The only mm-hmm. sticking point to me is the message. That's the yeah. only thing that really bothers me. The part about like, when I left you, I was but a learner. Like, that's just smack talk. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. bother me. And plus, last time he saw him, he schooled him. Yeah, yeah. I think it makes that scene stronger. Because it's even more of Obi-Wan just being like, yeah, whatever. Are y'all in the Millennium Falcon yet so I can disappear? Like, at any yeah. time, I can start picking up rocks. We know what I can do. <laughs> yeah yeah you know and he said and so i thought you know so i think it, i think it pretty much um lines up there's just a little bit a little bit of the message you know the formality of the message i think is the one thing that i'm still stuck on yeah that's yeah that was the only thing that for me did not 100 percent mesh everything else I think fits. You know, there's no nothing egregious. I have a meta question. I got a text from my buddy yesterday and I haven't stopped thinking about it. Say Solo is the hit it was supposed to be. Mm. Is this better as a movie? Is is this is this the movie? Yes. If you cut yeah. Reva out, yes. If you remove the entire Reva subplot, this would be a two-hour movie. That's one of the complaints I've heard is that this feels like two stories trying to be told at the same time, her story and Ben's story. They have said that a lot of this plot still exists from the movie and that the movies were discussed as being part of a trilogy of Obi-Wan movies. And so I could see them. I mean, it's, you know, movie length. Now, I don't know. Obviously, Solo mucked that up. But I think maybe if they had put this out before Solo, I think Solo does better. Yeah. I think if you ease people into recasts and you ease people in a little more to that kind of thing. And I find it kind of depressing that they've, that's the lesson they learned from Solo is don't recast. Like, no, that's not the problem. I think I, Chad, I think you said it perfectly one time. The problem with Solo is it didn't star Harrison Ford when he was 20. Now, I don't like that there is a lot of talk coming from Lucasfilm and them that they are open to a second season. That was going to be my question to you guys is, do we need a second season? Because my answer is no. It's the young Frankenstein problem. They went on filming for like four weeks longer than they should have because they just didn't want to stop. They were having such a good time. And I think that's why it happened here is they're like, wow, we're having a great time. We should do it again. No, no. Stop while you're ahead. This is the highest rated Star Wars show. It has outperformed Mandalorian. It's outperformed Book of Boba Fett. Like, you know, Kennedy and them were going to look at that. I just, they need to leave it alone. They need to get off Tatooine. Yes. I'm done with Tatooine. Yeah. Well, the problem, here's the problem, is that they will, if they do another season, they will get off Tatooine. And then we have another incident of Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine. And then we have to find a new, they found, listen, they found the one excuse that I bought. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm that I would buy, which was Leia's in trouble. Okay, you sons of bitches. I didn't want this. Remember, I didn't want this show. Yeah. I didn't want this story. 
I didn't want the 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 story of Obi Wan leaving Tatooine. I'm a I was a purist. I, pu- I was purist. That's the that word. <laughs> I was a purist with it. I wanted it to simply be Obi Wan sits in the desert for 19 years, being a miserable sad sack, and just reflecting on the Force until Luke's old enough. I didn't want this story. They found the one nut. They cracked the one nut that that could get that got me there. They 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 cracked the one story thing that could make me embrace this story. And I did. And I, and again, I wish it hadn't happened. I really liked what they did. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. And I do end up really enjoying the show and, and I will gladly accept it as Canon. I would follow some of the characters more. Maybe what about a show about the path? Oh yeah. Show about the path would be great. They floated the idea of a Vader series, which give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. The problem with the Vader series though is well, I mean, they can one-off it. There's so much already we know from the comics. I mean, you can do. That's how they bring in Afra. Those. That's how they bring in Afra. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that kind of ties off to a question I wanted to ask you guys. One thing I kept hoping would happen that didn't is I kept hoping we would get more flashbacks to the Clone Wars, which we got the one. But I wanted at the end of that flashback, I wanted Ahsoka to walk in. I wanted Rosario Dawson to show up. Well, here's my thing with Vader, too. I like they've added some more sympathetic stuff to Vader, but there's going to be a point you go too far where mm-hmm. Luke turning him back is not as meaningful where he's been too conflicted too long. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that conflict still has to be there the whole time. Yeah, it has to be there, but I think you run a risk of going too far in the other direction. If they keep him as scary as they kept him in this, they did. I think they did a good job of keeping him scary. Where I would say the most sympathetic portrayal of Vader is happening in the comics. Yeah, and even sometimes in the comics, I kind of think eh. it's it's a, sometimes it's a little much. But I think Lucas did that to Vader the moment we re- we discovered that it was a human being in there, right? Like like for a while he was a robot or whatever we thought he was when we were little kids and whatever we thought he was in seventy seven. When when we discovered there was a frail old man in there. Mm-hmm. At the end of Jedi, like you can't help but humanize him. You can't help but think he's just a person, you know. Yeah. And and so, I think it, it lends itself. To, and you and then you, and then you get the story of the prequels, and you go like, well, he can't he can't not be thinking about that stuff. There's no way. There's no way Padme doesn't haunt him through yeah. all of his years as Vader, and that humanizes him. And it also helps fuel his rage and and whatever and fuel his darkness. But still, like. I can't imagine that he goes that whole time and doesn't think about her because she was everything. He's still that he's still a person. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and they do kind of catch it in that moment where we have the split mask where he's, as Ryan pointed out that the lighting in that moment with the blue and it's Anakin and then the shift to the red. I mean, there's the conflict right there. And Vader comes out on top of that conflict. But I was just wondering, my buddy had just said he, he thought it felt like um, after Solo, they ended up making something that would have worked better as a movie. And I don't know if it would work better, but I think it would have been, you know, interesting. If, if you're talking about a trilogy, then it would probably be very, then who the hell knows what it was, you know. Um, yeah, because it, it would have been, yeah, Kenobi, then Solo, then. Well, Boba Fett was Rogue in the One? works too. Oh, Boba Fett. Okay. Yeah, Boba Fett was in the works. 
or uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Boba Fett would have been better as a movie. This works fine as a TV show. Boba Fett would have been better in the bottom of the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> we will not litigate that here. We've done that before. Yeah, and as we were doing this, I was looking at this in Wikipedia. It was her, uh, Deborah. She directed all six episodes. Yeah, the writers changed, but she was consistent. So again, and on the technical side, she's a fantastic director. I thought she was phenomenal. I th- My only criticism I'll, I'll lay at her feet is I do wish she had pulled the camera back a tiny bit during the fights. Not, not, not a lot. I think, she, I think they look good, but I just wish in the fights the camera had just, just pull it back a little bit more. Let me see a little more of the choreography. Like, he does do Obi-Wan does do that. His amazing and Ryan's favorite thing in the world block behind the back, but it's shown at like a shot, like a close up shot. Yeah. You've got to be looking for it. You got, yeah, you have to be looking for it, which we were, which we were. <laughs> but that looks better. If the camera is just a few feet back is all. Do you guys think the Obi-Wan throwing like 7,000 pounds of dirt at, 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 Vader was a bit much, or was that not over the top? Uh, for you guys? No, I mean, was for me, it was like ass. close. <laughs> it was a little over the top, but I'm okay with over the top it, in that. It moment, was an over I the guess. top moment. It was his. It, it, you're right. It was. It was. It was Obi Wan's one badass moment. You know, where he got to show like who's who's the master now. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, basically, and and it was a very like and, and yeah, and it and it's and it was reminiscent of Ray. In Last mm. Jedi, a little bit, um, it, it kind of ref- it had a little bit of a reflection of that. You think there's a room in the Jedi Temple just full of rocks? <laughs> like <laughs> they're like, all right, guys, it's Rock Day. And the kids are like, oh god, <laughs> no, not Rock Day. <laughs> Again, talking about the characterization of Vader of the your strength has returned, but the weakness is still there. I was like, yep, that that's Vader. Anakin spent so much time being extra that I think Obi-Wan can have a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Let Obi-Wan have one thing. <laughs> Anakin, you remember the high ground lesson? Let me yeah. show you the high <laughs> ground. <laughs> Maybe they have like a Jedi rating and they're like, he is a 15 rock Jedi. <laughs> and that's how they're like... <laughs> Fifteen. Master Qui-Gon. Well, took you long enough. Beginning to think you'd never come. I was always here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see you. Come on, you've got a ways to go. Well, Gary, thank you for joining us tonight. As always, you are our most special guest. Where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me every other Thursday on the YouTubes as part of the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics Track uh, quarantine panels, which we've been doing for two years now. Uh, every other Thursday, some of the people on this show have been on some of those. Uh, check out our library. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group, America, uh, Facebook slash group slash American Sci-Fi Classics. Uh, you can see us at DragonCon, where these three lovely people will be having a panel as part of the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics track, talking about uh, some little independent movie that came out 45 years ago. Not a lot of people saw it, but and you can find me on Twitter, annoying people uh, as at Gary underscore Mitchell. And that's Mitchell with one L. And yes, Star Trek fans, it is my real name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, as always, for being our special guest tonight. And thank you, everyone else, for joining us. We will talk to you all very soon. Roger, roger!